We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lucky Podcast. The Anora Boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Left CFB Nation presented by Twisted Tea. I I slowed it down. A little R&B. Twisted tea. That's right. Hey, the lyrics. You know, you're in Nashville, home of country music. I probably could have done a little country, a little twang, you know on it. A little twang on it. But uh, feeling good, man. And uh, the first half of the show, we're going to talk about the realistic path, or is there a path for Notre Dame? to get to the playoffs. And um, on the eve of the final vote where college football descended upon Chicago, along with Jack Swarbrick to try and figure out the format for the 12 team expansion next year, we'll dig into the college football playoff this year. There is no clear-cut dominant team this year, and I really think it makes college football more attractive to the uh, casual sports fan. Like, the casual sports fan is going to tune in to Dion and USC on Saturday. Casual. The casual sports fan, obviously, based upon the ratings, tuned in to Notre Dame, Ohio State. Must watch TV. It is very intriguing what college football has to offer. And then uh, we're going to talk about Marcus Freeman, comments from the players, Joe Alt. Man, just really. Being driven is what I like to hear. Yeah. But other than that, man, once again, CBS Sports tonight, Middle Tennessee State, Western Kentucky, 100 Miles of Hate 
Is that what it is, left? Is that's what it's called? One hundred miles of hate. Great robbery name. Hundred miles of hate. It's funny because you got other robberies that are like the Georgia robberies. Georgia Southern versus Georgia State is like uh, deeper than hate. <laughs> Georgia Southern versus uh, another Georgia school is is clean hate. <laughs> These robbery names are serious. We're actually doing a segment on the funniest, uh, not funniest, but the more notable uh, rivalries in college football and some of the names behind it. And so uh, it's interesting that 100 Miles of Hate stands out. This is definitely one of my favorite rivalries from the namesake. But these teams definitely, uh, fans and teams, feel a way about coming into this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is... Backwoods, where some of the best whiskey in the world comes from. Moonshine. I know the fan, the moonshine, the fans of both of these squads are probably going to be lit by kickoff. <laughs> on a All Thursday right. night. On a Thursday night. Heck yeah. <laughs> I, matter of fact, I think that Rip Van Winkle whiskey is, uh, is from that area down in Kentucky. Uh, bourbon, the bourbon capital of the world. Yeah. So it's a beautiful Thursday left. I have an interesting question for you. And I'm going to just let you ride. Is this a win? Is this a lose-lose game for Notre Dame? Is this a lose-lose game for Notre Dame? Notre Dame gains nothing from this from beating Duke. It won't even move right? us up in these spots. 
because people are going to say national media is going to say, "Dude, you're supposed to be dude." Yeah, they're not giving. This is a this is a game for Duke to elevate themselves. Yeah, or take advantage of the emotional moment or whatever they're talking about. But Notre Dame has no. In my opinion, Notre Dame has no. They have more reason to, to win than they do to be in a position to lose. Meaning, it is a lose-lose. If you don't beat them by a lot, it's going to have a lot of people upset. If you lose, it's going to have a lot of people upset. Because the narrative's already put out there that somehow this is a big game. But internally, it's not a big game for Notre Dame. And they know that. They have to defeat a narrative and the team out there. You got college game day out there. You got everybody speculating that Riley Leonard somehow is Aaron Rodgers. And we have no answer for this. But if we take a step back and look at what we did last week, arguably we have the best secondary in the country. Or at least a top five secondary. That still exists. Last time I checked, Riley Leonard's not throwing to no Marvin Harrison or no, no receivers over there at Washington. So from the perspective of being worried about what they got going on or this being a big game, how? If Riley Leonard is what y'all going to use to win, because I know you ain't going to run game, but if Riley Leonard is going to be what y'all going to use to win, we're matched up well for that. It's going to be a long day. Even in the nickel spot, they don't have any buka. <laughs> Their running back isn't faster and bigger than Travion Henderson. So what are we really talking about here? I just got done talking to Tyson Summers, the Western Kentucky head coach. They played Ohio State. He was like, their receivers are some of the freakies he has ever seen in the warm-up lines. The 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 room, not just not just Marvin. He said the the room, the room. is free. <laughs> so if Duke don't have nothing like that, what 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 big are we talking about when it comes to this Duke game? What's big? What's big? Nothing they got is better than what we got going on. So, yeah, it's a lose lose from a national media perspective. They're anticipating us to lose. Or or hyping it up for that because why are we college game day? Let's be serious. Why are we college yeah. game? Day? I don't. I, I see this as another game on the schedule. But they making this college game day. So I don't know. If they just don't have nothing else to put on TV. Or they should have been at Colorado and USC for college game day, not at Notre Dame. Because at least in that game, you can speculate maybe Colorado can pull it off. Because USC's defense is 45th in the country. 45th. They was 93rd last year. So Shador can eat against a 45th ranked defense. Is Riley Leonard eating against our defense? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, and then like you said, the other side, it's a lose because if we beat them, we got to beat them by 20 plus in order for us to walk out there feeling like real winners. Absolutely. 
we can't even beat them on no clothes or no, no, no. This has to be a performance we've had the first four games mm-hmm. or the games that we had before Ohio State. Hell, we played well Ohio State, we just didn't win. So if we go out there and, and perform like we did in the first four, that's the only victory we're getting out of it. It's bigger than just winning the game. We got to blow y'all out for respect. Anything less than blowing them out, it's a loss, even in a win. Because now you got the bag of bonds, the ankle biters, talking about, oh, well, that was close. Oh, you don't don't walk into USC like that now. USC got them. They playing Duke close. And Marcus Freeman should take it personal. This cannot be a close game, guys. I don't care if it's college game day. I don't care if they're ranked. I don't care if they say they're good. They're not on the same level as us. And we have to go out there and win it like that, like it's, like it's that serious. Because if not, they already think you're overrated. They already think you're not good. We're going to blow the moments that are big. So let's not even put ourselves in a position where there's big moments like that. In, in my opinion, leave no doubt mm-hmm. that there's a better team and a worse team on that field. Don't even let it be like, oh, they could have hung in there if they did. No, because <laughs> that's a loss. Because guess what they're going to do on the message boards and in the media the next day? Marcus Freeman losing his grip, losing the locker room. Mm-hmm. Margin of victory getting smaller and smaller against teams they should dominate. So, yeah, this is a trap game from the sense of a, a media's perspective. But from a football perspective, it's another game. Just another game. Not a not a not a not a game where and the difference is is that we're used to playing games of quality. This is a quality game, not a big game, a quality game. Why is it quality? Because this team actually is worth something early on in the season. We check back with Duke later on, just like we check back with Marshall later on. They ain't win a game after us. They already won their season when they throwing Gatorade on their head coach. So this is a quality win from this aspect of y'all got something that we can – we can work with after we whoop y'all, and that's some ranking points. But that's it. It ain't no – people not going to put us back in no playoff contention beating, dude. People not going to say, oh, this is a top five team beating, dude. So, no, from a football perspective, this is not, big, this is not a big game. It's a quality game for us to just keep going. Hell, this is not even a get-back-on-track game. The get-back-on-track game to me is beating USC or Clemson. That's the get-back-on-track game. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So for sure this game means more to Duke than it is to us, but we're built to play in environments all over the country. Thank God we're not playing basketball because I'd be a, a little worried. But until fans can tell me the name of the football stadium, I'm not worried about who we're playing. Because everybody knows this is a basketball school. Cameron Indoor. You just say that anywhere. Cameron Indoor. You know who we're talking about. There's no secret. They don't know the name of the other one. 
I don't know, still don't know the name to the other one. So if that's the case, Notre Dame has to walk in there like, this ain't no game. This is a this is an opportunity to just whoop a team, get our little ranking points, and move on. They got to get back on track. They got to get back to scoring 40 points. Like, there is no. There's no 21 in the first half. We got to no. be scoring in bunches and loads. Yeah. Because Sam Harbin should feel like he has to make up for a lot of lost points that he wasn't able to get. Because we're not going to call the game straight run like last week. We're going to take more chances. We're going to throw the ball way more. You'll see more receivers flashing this week. Yeah. So Sam Hartman has to go out there and say, I heard y'all talking about Riley Leonard. I heard that. But I'm Sam Hartman playing for Notre Dame. I'm Tony Stark. Let me put this Iron Man suit on and get to slicing and dicing and putting points on the board. And we can always yeah. hand it off. We, you know, I mean, Aldridge going to have a good game. You know, running backs are a staple. Duke is doing everything they can to stop that. But that's where Sam Hartman in his past game has to supersede this hype of what's going on as if Duke has something to beat us with. They don't have nothing to beat us with. We got one of the best secondaries in the country. We're playing well defensively. We held one of the better teams in the country to what? A last-minute touchdown? They weren't scoring in bunches and loads either, and they was running a regular offense. They didn't change what they were doing. We changed what we was doing on offense. They didn't change what they was doing on offense and didn't get a lot of points. I think Ohio State's offense is better than Duke's. So as a fan base, I should tell you, we ain't worried. We just can't call offense like we did in the first game. And I don't, I mean, like we did versus Ohio State, and I don't think we'll do that. So Sam Harper needs to be like, needs to feel as if this game's on him to get that team support back. Not that he lost it, but he lost it in the sense of, damn, man, we signed you for this game. And you didn't come through. That four for one, we, 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 we expected you to run him over or something. Some of that QB sneak, yeah, it wasn't a good play, but you got to make it a good play. Couple of them throws that you held on to because he was nervous. You gotta let those go down the scene. Man. Kyle McCord let it go down the scene. And it paid Man. off. And it paid off. That all 22 film was something else, wasn't it, left? <laughs> Yo. So there's opportunities for Sam, in in my opinion. Sam to, to had some wide, he had some wide open receivers, boy. But that's that's people, team three. People people will have you believe, oh my God, the secondary for Ohio State, they did a great job. Mm. But I was wondering watching the game, like, there's no way mm. their DBs are doing all of that. There's no way their DBs are just taking away everything we got going on down the field. There's just no way. Because your safeties are playing so close to the line. No way. So Sam Hartman should feel disrespected that this is a a college game day game. That they bring in all this attention for a, a normal game. He should go out there and feel like I got to put up 350, four touchdowns, shut them out real quick, get this run game going.
juga Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left's going to try to reconnect. He's in Nashville getting ready to call Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee State tonight. Um, there he is. I keep getting people calling me and be messing up the, <laughs> messing up the damn thing. <laughs> so this kind of connects to a leftover. You know, leftovers are the comments that people make after the show. And they're incredible comments. We respond to them all. If someone was trying to equate the USC game to Ohio State and saying, like, beating USC would be just as big as beating Ohio State. I'm like. Maybe maybe for the season and our playoff potential, but not for the program. Ohio State was a program-changing game. Last year, when we smacked smacked up on Clemson, that was a recruiting changing game. That was for that's the recruiting Super Bowl last year. This year, we were trying to change the narrative of the program beating Ohio State because we were the better team. Finally, this wasn't mm-hmm. an underdog situation. This was a passing of the torch situation. The 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 replacement of the best team, best four teams in college football type of game. We were supposed to take Ohio State's place as one of the top four teams in the country every year vying for uh, playoffs every year because we're the better team finally. Last year, we wasn't a better team. So winning that game is it's like, oh, my gosh, we we pulled it off. We, we finally did it. This year it was – we're winning the game, and anything less than that is a disappointment. And that's why the weight of this game feels so heavy. It's because everybody knew that this was a program, narrative-changing game, not just a big game. This is a game that you can look back when the year's over and be like, that had a lot of say-so in how college football finished out. Notre Dame made it hard for everybody in college football because of week four and what they won in that game. Now college football recruiters and all these people deciding these playoffs got to really think like, damn, like, man, they got, they may have one loss to USC, but that, that Ohio State game means a lot. Or, damn, they going undefeated into the playoffs. We can't keep them out. They might actually have a chance to win. They beat Ohio State. They beat USC. I mean, you know. They lead mm-hmm. the conversation with we beat Ohio State, thus puts us in a different category, a different tier. USC ain't a, a tier one team. They're 45th in defense. That's their whole problem. They ain't going nowhere until they get a better defense. That's why all they, the rest of the games when they schedule look so tough because they like, well, shh, you got to play Washington. You got to play Oregon. You got to. Y'all ain't got no defense. There'll be some shootouts that you could easily lose. No matter if you score 100 points or not, you're going to give up 100 points. That's why it doesn't it doesn't change anything for us is because I believe we're the better team in, in certain areas against USC. But against Ohio State, we was better in all areas. It was just a matter of doing it. Like press in, pass and go, collect $200. That was the game to get us to where we want to be on a psychological and a program level. 
Marcus Freeman will lead with that in recruiting next year. Justin Scott going to have to think a little bit harder now because of what we are doing. Justin Scott probably would have been like, oh, man, like, did I make the wrong decision playing for third base day? Well, Marcus Freeman, I can see it now. Like, I, you know, I was trying to see what he was talking about. But, hell, like, guys were flashing. They may not be five-star NFL, but they were flashing last night. And, okay, I can play with that. I like the environment, the green jerseys, you know, they in prime time. And, hell, they mm-hmm. coming, right back, coming right back with another game day. We might not see Ohio State mm-hmm. until the end of the year. <laughs> we, we, we might not talk about Ohio State until the end of the year. And that's because of who they're playing, not because of anything they did. Ohio State can win by 50 for the rest of the year and nobody cares. We start and stop talking about Ohio State after they play Notre Dame and before they play Notre Dame and then wait until the end of the year. The only time in between those times that they get close at halftime to a team that's giving them some fits. Other than that, they can score 100 points a game. Nobody's going to care. They already got the narrative that this is Ohio State. We, you know, this is what we do. You know, we in the playoffs every year. We beat Ohio State last week. They can they can't be thinking that. They gotta be like, oh my God, third base day gotta hang on to his job. We gotta beat Michigan. We can't go to no bowl game and play Utah again. Nobody that looks bad on us. So for us, I don't, you know, that's why I don't personally think. No game can help Marcus Freeman more than what last week could have helped him with. Last week was the game to help Marcus Freeman solidify himself, give himself some leverage in recruiting, give himself some leverage on that coaching contract. Because that's one thing Kelly never did. He ain't never beat no team like Ohio State in them 10 years. Had a lot of opportunities. But Kelly's wins never was as, as great as what that win Marcus Freeman could have had last year. I mean, unless you can think of a game, I can't think of a game Kelly played in them 10 years that mean more than what last uh-huh. week could have mean for that program. That's what have got Marcus Freeman paid that game last week. The only other way I can see it being something of a success for Marcus Freeman where we can wipe away the frustration is if somehow we play Ohio State in the playoffs, and we beat them and win a national championship. Not beat them and lose the championship game. Beat them and then win the championship game. Other than that, I just don't see a scenario. Beating Alabama ain't even that impressive. It may be from a psychological standpoint, but, hell, they got South Florida thinking they can win. Oh. <laughs> they got LSU down the street thinking they're going to beat him again. But from a perception standpoint, college football, there was no greater than what the opportunity provided itself, presented itself, with us beating Ohio State. That was the game. That was the, okay, they're serious. Okay, I have to, okay, Paul Feinbaum got to go on TV on Monday and be like, damn, well, I, uh, you know, no, they might have changed. But we like to bail these people out. We bailing these guys out. So now they can be like, Psh. yeah, y'all thought Notre Dame was going to do it, but I told you. I told you they were frauds. I told you. 
But all of them was holding on to their panties because they was witnessing a change happen in college football. Yeah. And they would have been real salty if they had to come on that next day and had to take back all the stuff they did said. But now we still talking about last week's loss. That's how big it was. We still talking about it. 3019. Why are you asking Al Golden about 3019 last week and it's two days before, three days before the game next week? Yeah. Hell, it couldn't be that big of a game if we talking about last week's game. If this was a big game, we would be talking Duke from Monday to Friday. We talk about Ohio State in a Duke week, Monday to Wednesday. <laughs> he might even and, get a question before he go out in the game. And this is why this week is a lose-lose situation for Notre Dame. Notre Dame can't win. Notre Dame's not going to gain anything by beating Duke. See, you have on paper, and then you have reality in sports. See, on paper, Notre Dame should have beat Ohio State on paper. Like, it took the last play to beat Ohio State. Like, Notre Dame... They're a contender. No, they're not. No, they're not. In reality, no, they're not. They're not a true contender for a national championship. They had the opportunity to jump from paper to reality last they week. Do it. And they, they failed. And so it's now, that wasn't the what, situation last year. No, it was a and, different perspective last year. It was like, oh, we about to overcome an Ohio State football team that we're we know oh they we're not there yet but if we beat them it says a lot this year it was like we're there yeah as there as you can be as there as you can be in doing everything to make you believe we were there <laughs> and this we did is why this is why it's a lose lose left on paper, you say we beat the number 17 ranked team at home. On paper. Okay, Duke is not a true contender for ACC championship. Or the playoffs. What do you watch Florida State play and watch Duke play? Duke's not a better team than Florida State. That's Duke. This is the reality. The reality is the people that are on the committee on paper are going to say, eh, they beat Duke when they were ranked 17th, but Duke really, eh, Duke had played a suspect Clemson team. They played Northwestern. Mm. Notre Dame was the first true test, and Notre Dame came in and won handily. Notre Dame was supposed to win that game. Yes. Hey, y'all, how many extra points should we give? Should we give Notre Dame kudos and points for beating Duke? Mm, nah. It's a nah. quality win, just like it's a quality win beating NZ State, extending our 29-0 and record. It's a quality, quality win on. It's a quality win on paper. It's a quality win on paper. Hell, it's not even on paper. If you look at the both sheets, you're like taking Notre Dame sheet every time. It's like, come on. Like, 
even if I was a hater, yeah. I would have to take Notre Dame in this game. If I was betting money, even if I was the biggest Duke fan and, and as great as Duke is appearing to be, mm-hmm. I would not bet on Duke if I was a Duke fan. Now, we got to play like it. And we've shown our ass to fall short um, on, uh, at inconvenient times. But from a, if, if I tell you what, those Duke coaches that are watching the film of Ohio State last week, they know what they facing. <laughs> they know what they facing in that in that coaching room. Them players watching that film against Ohio, they know what they watching. Yes. They like, man, I know y'all got a lot of support, you know, thinking we can pull it off, this, that, and the third and all that. But uh, what we see on film, that's going to be a tough challenge. That ain't no easy. <laughs> Riley Leonard looking at that defense like, I don't know if I can just keep throwing it out there to no Ben Morrison. I don't know if I can just be taking wild shots like I'm used to in these other games because, I mean, the plays Kyle McCord was making was some tough plays, but I ain't got them receivers. I don't got me a Marvin Harrison Jr. So them little one-on-one slants and that throwing up 50-50 balls, it's like 70-30 this week for Notre Dame. We might take that away. And the fact that we know where your straightest strength is. See, Ohio State did – sort of some smart things by putting the ball in Kyle's hands when I didn't think they would do that. I thought they were going to rely on the run game like we was relying on the run game. They were like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Kyle going to have to win this one. And they let him try to win it. And he did. And he did. And what did we Tip say? Kyle McCord, it, and that's exactly what we say. He said, Kyle McCord go in there and beat us and, and do his thing. All we can do is shake his hand. You did. You got us. But we was not going to let you run us out the game. Because that's what they did last year. With a sprinkle of CJ at the end. Mm-hmm. But the run game was what took us out last year. We was like, we will not let Coach Alfred be the star of this game with his running backs. If Kyle McCoy go out there and throw for 350 and four touchdowns, hey, they got it. They was better that day. And that's what they mm-hmm. did. We did everything that we knew that Ohio State wanted to do. But when the tough got going, they said, damn it, we got to we gotta do what we don't want to do to win. And that's get the ball to Kyle. Yep. And that's what happened. So, hey, we can close the door on this because it doesn't matter to us how much. See, Notre Dame fans. See, this is what's what's happening, love. Notre Dame fans are so down about last week that they're trying to build this Duke game up to make themselves feel better. Sorry. You can't manufacture Duke into this big-time program. This this team that has equal talent. Hey man, stop it's, calling me out there. <laughs> you, you can't. You know, I understand emotionally. You're hurt about Ohio State, but this is a football you, game. You can't build Duke up to be this 
this equal to Ohio State or this like Duke about to make a run for a championship or something. Come on, man. They're not about to get out the ACC. Like then it's like people are trying to compare the scores. So Florida State won in overtime. Florida State played in Death Valley. Duke didn't play in Death Valley. Duke played at whatever the name of the stadium is. Duke played at home. Florida State went to Death Valley with their starting quarterback with an injured shoulder. Shoulders like 70, shoulder like 70%. And he was diming them up too. That boy Keon Coleman. And he he obviously was struggling early. We're healthy. (laughs) See, Florida State had not beaten Clemson in over a decade. Right. So this was a narrative program changing opportunity for them. And, and that's why they're ranked fifth. And or, they took it, they took advantage of it. Exactly. So this is the funny thing. I don't give a darn what the score was. This is what we talk about, paper and reality. Reality is you watch Florida State play and you know they're a better team than Duke. All, all this Duke is solid stuff. They're not a bit, they're not more talented than Florida State. They're not deeper than Florida State. They're not. I don't care how much they beat Duke by or how much they beat Clemson by. They're not. So this whole building up Duke game day, it's a big game. No, it's not. Nobody called this a big game before in the preseason. Nobody. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. And as time goes on and as Clemson loses, because Clemson is going to lose another ACC game, this Clemson team is not good. They're not good. And the more Clemson loses, the more you're going to look at that Duke win that they had over Clemson and say, uh, they just they just surprised they just unwrapped the gift early, but Clemson was already giving it up this season. Yeah, and they're gonna continue to give it up. So it just lessens the the victory of what Duke has 
by week nine, week eight. Because Clemson ain't done taking a whooping. They not. Clemson ain't done getting beat on. They don't have a good team right now. So when we're looking at Duke, North Carolina is going to give Duke all the problems they need. Because they have Drake Bay. That's a big game. That's the that's the names you throw with Duke when you're talking about college game day, you know, big matchup, high-flying talent, all of that. That's where you put that. This game yeah. is about – that's unfortunate that Duke got to come play Notre Dame after that tough loss that Notre Dame had because I don't want to see them – after they just lost like that. Yeah. That's the narrative that we should be spinning. That's how we spin it different. Duke don't want to see a Notre Dame team angry. Because that's how we should be carrying ourselves. We should be pissed off that we lost. Not, oh my gosh. What? Let the fans be like that. But in the locker room, you pissed off. You can't wait to whoop on the next team. To get your frustration. Ah. Especially on offense like that. I can't wait to put up 100 points. We were starving. Starving. Zero points in the first half after averaging 47 in four games. I'm starving to whoop on Duke with their little players. Their undersized corners, undersized linebackers, undersized D-line. I can't wait to – if I'm Joe Alt Blake Fisher, I can't wait to pile drive some of that. At least they was battling last week. Okay, I win one, you win one, I lose one, you get swim. This is – Every game, just put them in the dirt because we're the better football team. Sometimes, well, most times, there's not enough scheme in the world that can out-scheme and out-play talent. We are well-coached and have way more talent. So there's nothing from a scheme perspective that you can do going into this game. I talked to Tyson Summers and – uh. And head coach, uh, uh, what's his name? God damn it. And Tyson Helton and Tyson Summer, the D.C. and the head coach of Western Kentucky, they played Ohio State. They said, we knew we were going to lose that game. They got freaks. They just let the game get away because they're going for it on fourth and six, going for two point, going for – I mean, <laughs> they're not playing a regular game. That's why it was 63 to whatever they had. This team, Duke, has to do special things to try to steal possessions, flip the field. They have to work about strategy. We're going in this game just doing us. Ain't nothing special. We didn't prepare in the offseason for Ohio State and Duke. We prepared in the offseason for Ohio State. There were some things, you know, you try to kind of get some matchup things, work some plays, this and that, because you just don't want to go into a big game like that on one week of preparation. We can play Duke on a short night, a short week, and have the same results. And it's not disrespecting Duke, but Duke is a basketball school. And we have to respect ourselves enough to be like, we don't care what you're ranked. 
You're not better than us. <laughs> and we got to go play like it. I'm laughing at the fact that Notre Dame fans are sitting up here scared about this game. Oh my we have Benjamin we're, Morrison. We're we're not we're they're solid. Oh, is Notre Dame a solid football program? I'm, the last I checked, see my expectations of Notre Dame must be much higher. That is that's what it is. That's what it is. There's some of these fans. That that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. See, I don't say the vibe is different. It's not just about winning games. The way Notre Dame, this team views themselves, is different. You're not about to get Mac teams coming into Notre Dame having a chance to win games in the fourth quarter. Mindset is different. So I can't say the mindset is different and then get nervous because they're playing a team on paper. That's improved. Not on paper, a team that is ranked. I mean, that's 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 crazy. That's crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy. And- and for us, I don't think because either 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 I left either I believe in this team or I don't. Right. This this going back and forth, dude. I don't believe in the team. Either you believe this team is different and has a different mentality, or you don't. Or you don't. And if they have a different mentality, Duke is not going to be a problem. Answering the bell and recovering from last week is not going to be a problem. Because guess how fickle. Don't tell me about how fickle the fan base can be. If we beat Ohio State and don't let them get that last game touchdown, nobody in the fan base is thinking it's a tough game. Period. Nobody. No. College game day probably wouldn't even come. They probably college game day was probably contingent on if Notre Dame pulled this out. They were like, well. If they win, ain't no point of going college game. They're down there in Duke. They got no chance. But if they lose, it could be interesting. It, it could be an emotional thing for Notre Dame if they lose. But it, the fan base, are we fans or not? Because us winning the Ohio State game, us stopping Kyle McCord on that last two-minute drive would be all the faith you need that this Duke game – has no chance because guess what? Ohio State would have scored what eleven points? Eleven points. The great Ohio State. We would have held them to eleven points. Eleven. Eleven. Ten more points better than last year. Mm-hmm. So if we held Ohio State to eleven. Instead of giving up that last touchdown, they didn't even kicked the field goal. They just said, oh, we, we got to get out of here. We scored, we got to get out of here because that's crazy. You shouldn't have won. They didn't even kick the field goal. They said, we don't even need it. We, we got enough. All right, let's get out of here. We won. Yeah. They don't score that last point. We're looking at this Duke game like we're going to beat them by 50 points. Because we scored, we held the most, quote, unquote, talented offense in the country to 11 points. 
11. That's with the Marvin Harrison Jr. That's with the Ibuka. That's with the Kyle McCord. That's with the O-line. That's with the defense. Nobody in the Big Ten is going to hold Ohio State to 11. I can guarantee that. And um, Shit, when, they beat, when Michigan beat them, they didn't hold them to 11. No. So we done something once again that nobody else this season will be able to challenge Ohio State like. Nobody. Nobody's going to hold Marvin Harrison to what we held him. Nobody's going to hold the Ohio State offense to the points that we held him. Nobody's going to do the things that they – Ryan Day was so hyped that he won because he knew he shouldn't. I was surprised they didn't throw Gatorade on the man. The way he was acting, he looking for people and can't even – like. because <laughs> he knows. He knows. So for all of that that we saw on film last week, there's no way you can flip on our team like that against a less, a way lesser team than Ohio State. What do you think Ohio State would do to do? And look, I I, I have to disagree because there's context to everything, and that's what people people forget context. So bringing up 2014 after the Florida State loss means nothing. You lost your two captains on defense to injury. Jerron Jones, who was a beast in that game, got injured after that he game. Was a beast. He so, was a beast. So you lost, you lost your anchor in the middle of the defensive line. You lost both of your linebackers. You had injuries in the secondary. And you had Everett Golson, who wasn't the same quarterback, coming off his suspension. Now, Ev, Ev got – yeah, Ev definitely changed after that game. He changed after that game. So stop. Stop. This is in 2014. And it's no. a totally different team and a different totally mindset. Different, team, different mindset. It, it's got, apples. It's apples and oranges. It's, and nobody and, got hurt last week. No. Like we're a Jay, healthy. We're one of the healthiest okay. teams in the country. Jane Thomas pulled a hamstring. So the freshman wide receivers. Than, he got less than twenty receptions on the season. What the <laughs> freshman wide receivers showed up in the fourth quarter with him on the bench. You know what that lets me know. Go ahead and rest that that hamstring, bro. Yeah, go ahead, get healthy, brother. Rest that hamstring. Yeah, go go do the re- look. You are not pressed to be people back. that people that were asking, man, where was Chris Tyree last week? He was wide open. Yeah, he was wide open. He was wide open. All game. The, the all twenty-two tells the tale. He was wide open several times. In the scene, the same thing that was getting us killed. The same thing we could have killed them with. In the scene. Maybe it's a short thing. Sam's short. He's short. They ain't see each other. But for us to be able to put quote unquote our one receiver. Dude, this, this woe is this woe is me. This woe is me. B, BKPTSD. I ain't, I'm gonna say you gotta do. This is a damn good football team. Damn good football teams don't lose to Duke in football. No. It just doesn't either you Either you believe this is a damn – what does Z Carell say? What did he say on Wake Up the Echoes? What does Z Carell say? He said we're a good damn good football team. We're, we're off Ohio State. And we're ready to prove that we're a damn good football team. Attitude is totally different. So if you if if Notre Dame fans choose to 
live in the woe is me world and pull up past disappointing losses and the seat, then you go ahead. That's fine. I'm not focused on history. I'm focused on watching this team, who they are, and how they react. And I trust this team. And I trust this coaching staff. That's Because the game is not about Duke. There's nothing Duke can do. Duke has nothing in its arsenal to beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame has to play down to Duke for Duke to have a chance. And then we got to get a couple people hurt. It's got to be a lot to happen for us to lose this game. It's got to be a lot. Because even if Duke plays their best, their best, like the best they can do, that's not going to equate on the scoreboard enough to beat us. Mm-hmm. No matter if That's they it. Have, like it is what it is. Like their best is still a a, a B minus to Notre Dame's best. Yeah. And that's and that's a good team, but we're yeah. not even the realm of difference in the in the level of talent is a reason while we're talking this way. You don't do the things you did to an Ohio State team and then follow up the next week and somehow, mm-hmm. what do you expect? You expect them to give up 100 points? I don't know what the – if it's a yeah. big game and all that, what are you expecting Duke to do? That's the question. You expect them to put up 40? Yeah. You expect them to do what? Ohio State put up 11. So, I mean, I keep saying 11. I, I keep discounting that last time. They put up less than 20. So Duke is going to put up more than 20? More than what? That's that's why I'm like, if this is such a good game, what are you expecting Duke to do to us that we aren't able to, to figure out? Do they have and a running back that's running everybody over? Or? And once again, left, it's a different team. Different leadership, different locker room. You know, once again, 2014, apples and orange it's not the same it's a bad reference you can't lose your best players to injury on both sides of the ball and expect to have the same outcome you can't you can't lose your leaders on the field and expect to get the same outcome i don't care who they play on top of that cam mcdaniel has come on this podcast and talked about how split the locker room was in 14 and how he had to kick Brian Kelly out of the locker room and give a speech going into the LSU bowl game to fire the team up. The team was fractured in 14. It's Apple. Stop using 2014, man. That's that's a totally bad example. We're a different style of football team these days. It's like, it's a reason why Seasons go off the rail like that. They don't just go off the rail because teams just lose. Injuries, locker room, fracture, players having issues with the coaches. All of that stuff existed in 2014. That's how you lose to a Northwestern at home. Hell, some of the similar problems that was 14 was in last year in terms of indecision on different things. And locker room issues. 
That's how you lose to a Stanford. That's how you lose to Marshall. That's how you lose to Marshall and Stanford at home. Internally. Has nothing to do with what Marshall did on the field. Yes. We literally gave him the football. Two pick sixes? The locker room being fractured this year? That's not an issue. That's not an issue. Locker room tight. That's not an issue. That is not an issue. That's when you start saying it's a big game. If you know the locker room is divided. That's when you start saying. Man, all I needed to see was Zeke Carell and Joe Alt the day after. When I saw them awake up the echoes and I saw what they were saying, Joe Alt said he watched film for five hours after the Ohio State game, fam. Five hours. I ain't worried about no Duke. Are you kidding me? No. You have your first round pick who can go home and chill. Leader of the team after the game in the film room for five hours. Didn't go to bed at the 5 a.m. That's what I'm saying. We should be talking about it's disrespectful to say it's a big game. It's disrespectful. Because that means that Duke is at our level. What? Duke ain't at our level. They're not at our level. So big game for who? For them, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're the best team on their schedule. After us, who they play some Virginia Tech, North Carolina, NC State. All them teams, guess what? We about to be 30 and over as ACC teams. 30. That's a lot of wins consecutively. And Duke ain't no different. Now, we play at Florida State. Okay, that's a game. That's a game. That's a better game. But we should win that one, too. We should win that one, too. But, dude, no, I'm not not being sold on what they selling on that one. I'm not mad. Somebody in the chat told, told somebody to go to hell? Because we didn't tell anybody to go to hell. Did you tell somebody to go to hell? No, I wasn't even reading the comments. Oh. I'm on my phone, so I gotta flip back to Yeah, see. I will hope I will hope the chat is a little bit better than that today. I don't I know we didn't tell anybody to go to hell. But it is what it is, left. You know, it's. You make a choice as a person to believe in a team or you don't. We had we had this discussion last week. You know, like man. If you're a fan of an elite program, every elite program can go and pull upset losses out of the history of their program. Georgia can do it. Alabama can do it. Ohio State can do it. Everybody can do it. If you're a fan and you're an honest fan, you should be able to tell the truth 
about Ohio State fans should be able to tell the truth about their team this year in comparison to previous Ohio. They know they don't have a number one quarterback. They know that. Doesn't mean they don't have a good team, but they know they don't have a CJ Stroud. They know that. They know that. They definitely know that. They try to they try to make him play like CJ though. They said we're gonna give you all the same throws. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and as much as if you don't know as a Notre Dame fan, based upon what you've seen already, that you don't have a darn good team. There's a reason why Notre Dame is trying to extend the ACC streak. They're a better program and more talented and a better team than what the ACC has had to offer them. Now, all of a sudden, we're trying to build Duke up. Duke is the team that's going to break the streak. That's, that's what I'm like. The narrative don't even sound good, man. Based on what? And do this team... Every year, the football team is different. So I don't want to hear about Marshall and Stanford. This is a totally this is a totally different Notre Dame team. Marshall and Stanford don't mean anything. We never scored that many points last year on a con- averaging consecutive basis. So right there alone tells you night and day difference. Night and day difference. But at the same time, too, we got to understand that this is going back to having that hangover of the perception we've had of ourselves for this long. It's the it's the it's the it's the rain cloud over the program that we keep giving energy to and not taking a step back and grabbing an umbrella and be like, this ain't the same rain. It ain't really rain. It's partly cloudy. Yeah, yeah, I we, agree. This is the, this is the last year. Oh, oh, we can't get over BK. It's, it's, it's already over. BK thing is gone. This is a Marcus Freeman loss that he owns. But the climate is not as rocky as it's been before. It's a little rain. Yeah, it hurts. But we were prepared this time. We had a raincoat, rain boots. Mm-hmm. We had doubled the socks up. We was ready for the storm. And we just fell a little short. At the like you gotta think, they won on the last play of the game. It's 60 minutes in the game. They had to get all 60 minutes to beat Notre Dame. All 60. You think Duke going to take all 60 minutes to beat us? They don't have enough depth. They can't they can't go out to deep waters with Notre Dame. Are you kidding me? They're going to give us their best shot first half. That's what every team does. Hell, first quarter. Mm-hmm. But what do we always do? If worse comes to worse, we'll just implement that last that last week's strategy in the second half and just wear you down until you don't want to tackle no more. Mm-hmm. That's always entertaining. That's always entertaining. So if we was ever worried, we would do that. 
That's our last resort. 20-minute possession gets you about 15 plays in of straight dives until you quit. And Ohio State lucky that we didn't get back on the field for a chance because they was done. Their defense was toast. Set up for a big bomb to come after that because they was giving it to us that whole last drive. We went 98 yards just 98. Mm. That's a defense that is tired, don't want to tackle no more, mental errors, mental mistakes. Mm. Think about the, the the circumstances in which Ohio State had to had to pull off. On top of all the mistakes that we made, they still had to go out there and do something that was hard to do. 90% of college football teams couldn't couldn't end the game with us punting it when we should be running it out. Most teams would have we would have got them two first downs versus most other teams in college football. They wouldn't even have had a chance to get the ball back. We gave Ohio State the life on that punting the football to them from them disastrous three plays. What team is stopping us in closing out the game when we running the ball like that? I can't name one. So for Ohio State having to overcome that, then then to go score. And how many, what was it, 12 plays? It was so many plays they had in that last drive. I'm like, come on. <laughs> how many teams got the mental toughness to do that? Duke going to go 12 plays to win the game? At the very last second? Is, are mm -hmm. they cap No, they're not capable of that. So that's why I'm like, if Ohio State didn't score that measly, weasley touchdown at the end. There is no conversation of big game. I'm telling you, college game day would not be out there. Would not be in Raleigh, North Carolina if we won that game last week. They wouldn't be there. They'd be like, oh, this is going to be a blowout. They just beat Ohio State. Hell, Duke don't have no chance. They don't stand no chance. So that's what's crazy. So, look, we know in life, this is why I'm not a betting man, left. There's a reason I'm not a betting man. Because I know I don't trust. I don't trust sports. I don't trust life. Anything can happen, especially when I'm not in control of it, left. Anything can happen. Marcus Freeman could look down some stairs and have to go to the hospital and miss the game. Hey. Michigan State can call his agent today and offer him $150 million over 15 years. Ooh, you might have to take that. Hey, <laughs> next thing you know, he's in East Lansing. Anything <laughs> can happen. It's life. <laughs> and now we're left with Jared Parker as the interim head coach. Interim head coach or something going into Saturday. Anything can happen. Sam Hartman can be fishing and throw out his shoulder, casting the rod. Stub his toe on his bed in the morning and be out for half his toe. And we have Steve Angeli starting that quarterback going to the game. Anything can happen. But all things being equal, I know what's going to happen on Saturday. He knows what's going to happen on Saturday. And most of you all know what's going to happen on Saturday. 
It's like Steve Harvey said in his stand-up. He said, yo, I'm, I'm watching the Titanic movie. And I'm like, yo, we know what's going to happen. Bring on the water. And ain't no excitement it is. We know what's about to happen. Bring on the water. We know what's about to happen in whatever the name of Duke's football stadium is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he called it. Whatever it is. We know what's about to happen Saturday night. Bring on the water. However it happens, Duke can go up 10 early. Notre Dame can come back. Notre Dame can storm out early. Duke can score some cheap touchdowns late. Duke could actually be close somewhere in the middle of the game. At the end of the day, we know what's about to happen. You know what's about to happen. It's a lose-lose situation for Notre Dame. No one is about to pat Notre Dame on the back for winning this game. College football committee is not about to pat Notre Dame on the back for beating Duke. They're not. They're not. That's that paper stuff. Paper resume. Oh, they beat they beat a ranked Duke team. All right. Honestly, in that room, the way they lost to Ohio State might be more impressive than a Duke win. Yeah. And all the yeah, if Duke wins out, Duke has to play North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida State. Duke's not winning out. Man. Once again, people are trying to build Duke up. Stop building Duke up. Duke is who they they are who they are. Oh, if Duke's an ACC champ. Oh, if that is. Oh. Duke hasn't done it. And until they do it, they are who they are. Until they win an ACC championship, they're just Duke to me. That's it. That's all they are. And it's the same way certain people feel about Notre Dame. Until they win a big game, they are who they are. They're not serious contenders. It hurts, but hey, it is what it is. But you don't have, I'm sorry, man, nothing's going to fill that void from last week. Building Duke up to make yourself feel like, oh, that's a that's a big win. That's not that's not helping. Beating USC. Fam, I've been watching I've been watching Notre Dame smack highly ranked USC teams since I was a 10 year old, bro. Yeah. That's that's nothing to me. It's, it's nothing. So yeah, that's a that that's to me that's a good oh that's a okay yeah that's a really good team. But it's not somebody I feel like Notre Dame is not better than. They have one dynamic player that I would take on Notre Dame's roster. Who? Uh, 
from Duke. Hey, Caleb. If Caleb Williams was playing for Notre Dame last week, they beat Ohio State by 14 points. Easily. But shit, I'll take Zach Ryan Branch too. You could take I do. Jerry Rice's son is <laughs> okay. We take a couple of them guys. I know I know the I know the flash is I know the flash is branch, but he's his daddy's he's his daddy's son. You can see he's been taught the position. You know what I'm saying? But in totality, team wise. I would take Notre Dame. If you gave me the two rosters, here's Notre Dame's roster and here's USC's roster. I would take Notre Dame. Easily. From a depth standpoint, from a total roster standpoint, give me Notre Dame. Give me Notre Dame. Uh... I wouldn't debate with people that would take Lincoln Riley over Marcus Freeman. I wouldn't. His success at Oklahoma, his success at USC, the way he develops quarterback. If you felt like Lincoln Riley is a better head coach, I wouldn't debate or argue with that. I wouldn't. But from a roster standpoint, Looking at the USC Notre Dame matchup, Notre Dame has a better team. USC might have more dynamic players like Zachariah Branch at wide receiver and Caleb Williams at quarterback. But other than that, what scares you about USC's roster going up against Notre Dame? I feel like it's a good matchup. Look, it's it's going to be a darn good game. That's it. I think unfortunately important. the Clemson game has lost some luster. Well, we because knew that. of Clemson. We knew that earlier, yeah, because of Clemson. That's Clemson's fault. Clemson's gonna lose probably another one. A couple of more games. They're gonna lose us. So they might be a sin. Man, look. They already lost two. They definitely lose two more, be seven and fourteen. And they go back to the, the pit of average of ACC schools. Mm-hmm. They ain't got no, you know, hopefully the recruiting is solid, but the way they recruit, you would think they yeah. recruit like in they, <laughs> never mind, let me not say that. <laughs> Their recruiting practices are outdated, let's put it like that. So let me, let me, this is how I look at coaching. Right? Remember the statement I made? I said Marcus Freeman might be a better coach once he gets all of his guys into the program. And it's like all of his. Like yeah. most. Yeah. Right? There was this coach that just retired recently. He replaced a legendary coach at a legendary program named Simeon here in Chicago. You might have heard of it. <laughs> then they lose the Dayton in basketball. So. Relax. <laughs> Bob Ham Bob Hambrick, legendary coach. Right. State titles, city titles, 
And back in his day, the city title meant more than a state title because only one team from the city was allowed to go to the state tournament. Oh, you wow. had to win the, wow. you only you, you had to win the city championship. What kind Imagine of that. Is that. Imagine that. <laughs> the best basketball talent in the state is in Chicago, but only, only one, one team, team one team can go to I mean, all the best teams have to kill each other for one slot to go down state for the state championship. How is that even a thing? Hey dude. It happened for it happened for years. It's oh different gosh. now. It's different. It's different now. And of course, we the, uh, the Rooney Rule. They gave y'all the Rooney Rule over there, man. It do. <laughs> but Hamburg, you know, you saw the thirty for thirty about uh, Benji, the number one player in the country, getting murdered, and Simeon. And Simeon was the number one team in the nation. But by that time, Bob Hamburg was really coming to the end. And um, he ended up being replaced by a man named Robert Smith, who who played for him, wasn't a star, solid. They usually never are. They're never the stars. Yeah. But uh, Robert Smith inherited that program, and Robert Smith was never considered the X's and O's intelligent coach that Bob Hamburg was. Bob Hamburg was a do all everything right it was bob hamburg and landon cox sonny cox at king you know because king back in the day had tommy hamilton you know robert griffith jamie brandon you know they had stars as well <laughs> so robert smith just retired last year after winning city again my point is, Robert Smith did something that Bob Hamburg never did, love. Mm. What do he do? It's funny. People always want to bring up East St. Louis Lincoln. East St. Louis Lincoln does not have the same. We're talking about uh, you. Y'all stop comparing y'all basketball talent to a city the size of Chicago. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> just stop like what are we talking about stop <laughs> oh man let me get back to my story the point of the story is <laughs> he was no nowhere near the coach that bob hamburg did right but he accomplished something that bob hamburg was never able to accomplish he won four state championships in a row Nowhere near the coach is Bob Hambrick. Well, he's the only coach in Illinois state history to win four state championships in a row. And it was so crazy that this was Jabari Parker, Kendrick Nunn, that squad. Their senior year left. Oh, wait. That, that was Jabari freshman through senior year? Jabari won his freshman year through his senior year. Four That's state championships. Yeah, they, he was the hottest thing in Chicago, like Derrick Rose, for a while. Ah, dude, absolutely. And after they won the fourth state championship, they all took their shoes off and signed them and left them on the court. That's hard. That's hard. Basically, basically saying we own this. Yeah, that's hard. And they got backlash for it. It's arrogant. I'm like, yo, four in a row, win. man. I you win four straight championships. It's like. You do own it. <laughs> man, what happened to Jabari, man? He was injury. 
he's actually playing overseas, playing pretty good. Yeah, you know, once he once he tore his ACL and then messed up the other knee. Broken down out there. He was He was supposed same. to be he was supposed to be better oh, than this is, this is my point. My point is there's some coaches that accomplish things because they have some really talented teams. <laughs> Robert Smith, bro, Robert Smith had a had a squad. I mean, they had a squad, bro. Just a squad. It's like I'm not about to sit up here and overthink it like he was a great coach. No, he called a heater. He just called a heater. Right? Because they surprised everybody when Jabari was a freshman. That was like the surprise title. They weren't expected to win it. They snuck up on Cats. But once Jabari became a sophomore, it was a wrap. Yeah. For them not to win would have been a choke job. The the last one or the third one? The last one, the only thing that could have stopped them, the last one, is that Jaleel Okafor and Whitney Young. Oh, he was nice. Jaleel was coming on strong. His going into Duke, the, the, the year before he went into Duke, he was the man. Yes. That was the only squad that had a legit chance to really beat them. And that's it. Damn, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it, man. It is. It is one of the greatest stories in prep history in Chicago. But nobody is calling Robert Smith Bob Hamburg. You know what I'm saying? So from a coaching standpoint, I don't care who's coaching Duke. They can have a better head coach, a better OC, and a better DC. They don't have the better players. Nope. They don't have a better offensive line. Last I checked, the coaches aren't playing on Saturday. That's last I checked. So Mike Elko can be a better head coach than Marcus Freeman. Maybe he'll keep it uh, within 20 points by being a good head coach. A good steward head coach. Look it up for podcast. They will give him the Mike McDaniel's treatment, man. We don't score 73, we just score 70. You know what I mean? That's that's the that's the type of game Marcus Freeman needs to be like. He said, Yeah, we was gonna break the record, but you know, we just wanted some good stewardship at Notre Dame. You know, we played to win and we did our job today. And then we beat Duke by 80 and shut everybody up. <laughs> when we come back. The path to the CFP. Is there a chance? Uh, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Uh. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. 
But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.